and you find the guy, he's grizzly, he's got the big old beard, he's got the cane, you know, and you're like, hey, how do you get to the top of the mountain? He's like, well, I was just there. You know, I've been up there 20 times. And he looks kind of grizzly and gross, but he's been there. It's probably better to follow him. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Clay Clark. Now, Clay is the founder of the online business school Thrive15. He's been featured in Fast Company. Uh, he and his business partner, NBA Hall of Famer, have both been featured in Bloomberg. And he's also the Entrepreneur of the Year from the United States Small Business Administration. I'm really excited to have him on the show. And uh, he's jumped on here to talk about uh, we're going to get into some business processes and um, you know, building the business or duplicable business uh, that a lot of people want. So we'll get into that in just a second. Clay, how you doing, man? Man, I am excited to be on your on your podcast here, and I just appreciate you putting up with my harassment thus far. <laughs> oh, the kangaroos and the shrimps. It's uh, man, it's bad. It's bad. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see how offensive we can get here. I don't know. How Absolutely. We, uh, Let's do it. How far we can go. Anyway, before we get into the actual uh, meat and potatoes, as a friend of mine likes to say, um, let's talk about the – can you give the listener a bit of a background on who you are and what you do and you know, what makes you special? I was uh, – if, if there's anybody listening right now who's uh, had a bunch of ideas and had no idea how to gain traction, I was the, the poor kid with all the ideas and uh, I had this goal to, to become a millionaire before I'm 30 and to hire my dad someday. And uh, when I was 27, uh, I looked up and I was like, man, I, I've, I've done all that. And I decided that I wanted to uh, teach people the systemic uh, process that I found. I kind of learned through mistakes. And over time, I found out that mentors and best practices and systems uh, help you avoid a lot of pain along the way. And so I wanted to, to build a scalable system to teach people how to do that. And so we built thrive15.com and now millions of dollars later there's thousands of uh uh we call them thrivers but thousands of users all over the planet who are learning how to start and grow businesses in a very duplicable and systemic way and it's it's absolutely my my life's passion great great i'm curious because i think there's gonna be some other people who might want to know this as well is in the online world there's a lot of online schools and you know sort of marketing products that you can buy that teach you how to build a business and a lot of these are put together by uh, people who've never really done that much there's sort of there's a whole sort of stigma around you know teaching people how to you know making money by teaching people how to make money it sounds like based on the story there you've done you've done a lot of the actual real deal of doing this stuff and now you've set up this product so what's the i mean I'm curious, what's the difference between, say, Thrive 15 and, say, uh, you know, one of the random, you know, business building courses that you can buy out there? Well, well, they got four main differences. One, with my face on the site, it is the ugliest of the sites. <laughs> um, second is we uh, we have we have a button on the on the web on the website called Ask the Mentor. And you can literally ask the mentor any question that you want, and we respond with answers. So it's like a business online business school, but instead of going, I didn't really get it. I guess I'll have to wait for another video. You can hit hit the button, and our team responds with the best practice answers for you. Um, two is it's nineteen dollars a month, so it's not thousands. There's no mystical webinar training trip to Hawaii, get rich, get motivated by the books uh, thing we're trying to trick you into. And the third is it includes an offline, in-person, face-to-face seminar that you can come to a workshop at any time. So you can like if you're if you're on the site, and uh, we had some guy the other day who lives in uh, Miami. Uh, his name is An- An- Antonio. 
he, you know, almost reluctantly calls us and is like, yeah, I want to come out to a uh, workshop. Uh, what's the catch kind of thing? And we go, there's no catch. It's part of the deal. So you could literally be in a workshop with an optometrist and a photographer and a plumber just like that guy. And people all over the world come to these things. It's awesome. Mm, okay. And is this, you know, what sort of entrepreneurs are we talking about? You mentioned a plumber and things like that. It sounds like this is a wide range. This isn't just people who want to start a blog. Uh, this is all sorts of types yeah. of businesses. Anybody who wants to start a non-Ponzi or non-pyramid, we welcome them. Great. Okay. So if you're if you're into the Ponzi game, you can't come. You know, if you're like, well, here's the deal: we got to get in the ground level, and we move up, and boom. You know, I'm my you know my name's Madoff. We're kind of going, well, Mr. Madoff, maybe you can't come to this, the seminar. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I like that. Well, let's talk about the uh, you know what you actually teach, because I think that's the uh, what you wanted to mention that most business owners want to be able to build some sort of. Uh, you mentioned duplicable uh, business. So let's start then. What do you mean by duplicable? Okay, well, the, you have five steps that every business owner needs to, to get. I realize that a lot of people are listening to this while they're driving, so I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we uh, cover them succinctly. But the first step is you want to figure out why am I doing this. Step one is why. I mean, why would I want to start a business? Because I'll tell you why you wouldn't want to, because you work all the freaking time, because you probably are going to have ideas in the middle of the morning. You're trying to take a shower, and you're thinking about your business. You're on vacation thinking about your business. You're obsessed with your business. That's probably why you wouldn't want to. Because to be a successful entrepreneur, you really have to focus on it. And so you want to figure out, why am I doing this? And if, it's, and if it's not worth it, then don't do it. I'd rather go get a job as a manager working at a fast food restaurant or something. I mean, if you're going to start a business, I mean, make it worth your time. You know. So you want to, first off, just think about right now in terms of your spiritual goals, your mental goals, your skills, you know, your fitness, your relationships, your finances. Why would you want to do this crazy thing called starting a business? You know, you live in Australia, so you know what I'm talking about. Whether you're, it's universal, whether you're in Australia or uh, America uh, or South America or Canada, entrepreneurs are sick freaks. And if you're going to join this this group, this coalition of sick freaks, you better know why you're doing it. You know, so <laughs> the why is the first thing. Write it down. Now, the second thing is you want to figure out how much does it cost. So, how much do you need to earn? So people say to me, "Well, how much money do you make?" That's a great question. How much money does Clay Clark make? That's a question. You know, that's a good, that's a valid question. So people ask me all the time. I say, well, uh, you know, this month I'll, about $74,000. People go, $74,000? Well, why the, why, why would you not make more? Why are you telling people what you make? Well, as anybody listening to this knows, if you own a business, you can write things off, right? So I write my car off. I write off, you know, my studio where I'm filming and recording today. I write off the trips. I was just in Orlando this weekend. It's, it's all legitimate write-offs. So I, there's $74,000 of fruits from my tree that I kind of live off of, but why not make more? Because I don't want to work anymore. You know, that's not my goal. My goal is not to make as much money as possible. My goal is to achieve my goals. So my business is just a vehicle to get there. My business is not the destination. So so many people get that twisted. They're like, once I build a big business, then I'll build a bigger business. And so I see these entrepreneurs who are trapped inside the rental car. They flew all the way out to Sydney, Australia. They rented a car and then they don't get out of it. They're just stuck in the rental car. And that's what their business is. It's a rental car they're stuck in. It's a vehicle they can't get out of. So you got to figure out what are your goals, you know? So okay. all the time. That's a big question though. Because what I found is like some people grow up and by 14 years old, they already know what they want to do. They already know what their goal is, their mission, their quest. A lot of other people though get to, you know, 20, 25, 30, some people, you know, 35, 40, 50, where they don't know what they want. And so yeah, I don't, I don't see- know if that, that's, that's a problem because they haven't thought about it or it's a different personality. What do you think? Well, John Lennon, you know, if you're going to talk entrepreneurship, let's talk about the Beatles, right? The Beatles, the top-selling, you know, record label, you know, the recording artists of all time. Uh, you know, John and Paul and John Lennon says, 
people said, people, a, a, I'm paraphrasing, but a teacher said, asked him, they said, class, tell us what you want to do when you grow up. And uh, John said, when I grow up, I want to be happy. And I think that's what it's all about. It's the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And so I would question why you'd want to do anything if it's not going to end in you being able to have a great marriage or a great time with your kids or great trips or whatever. Like I personally hate traveling. I hate it. I hate it. I hate traveling. I hate seeing new places. I hate networking. I hate leaving my house. I love being in my house. If you were to come to Tulsa, you and I, you'd go, do you ever leave your house? You're kind of weird. I don't like leaving. I like to do the same thing every day. I like to wear the same thing every day. I hate variety. But someone else listening to this, their goals are to travel. To uh, Traveling to me is the worst. I can't stand it. So you got to figure out what you want to do, and then don't let anybody else put those goals on you. If you're listening today and you're like, well, you're wrong. I like to travel. Well, that's probably right then. If, if, you, if you love to travel, then that's your goal. But write it down because the world's always trying to push – their definition of happiness on you. Very, very important that your goal should be to be happy. For, write down the list of the things that make you happy. Go ahead and write it down right now. Like, I love seared tuna. That makes me happy. Seared tuna, bro. That, you like seared tuna? I don't even, I just know tuna. What's seared tuna? It's like a tuna where it's kind of pink on the inside, but you, you sear it like you pan sear it. You cut, it's almost like you're putting on a super hot, you I know, a tuna skillet. that you've actually cooked in a pan. Yeah, and it's kind of a little semi-raw. I love it, though. I love that to me. I'm happy. I love watching football games. I love my man room. I, know, I love knowing that no one else except for me will ever touch my stapler. That's what makes me happy. But somebody else has your own different goal. But the third thing is you got you, – so once you figure out your why and how much does it cost, the third is you got to figure out what service am I going to render or what product am I going to render in exchange for it. It's about trade-offs. So I can't like – so many people are like, I want to get rich quick. I want to offer no value, and I want to trick people. Well, I mean, if you're a Judeo-Christian faith, you know, you, you might believe that you burn in hell for that. And if you're not, you might believe that you screw people off and people write bad reviews about you. And if you're, I mean, But you have to offer some value in exchange for what you want. And so many people are trying to just get what they want without offering value. You know, so if you're listeners today, I mean, if they're going, that guy was weird. He's the weirdest interview I've ever had. I hated that interview. Then... You know, you're not going to get anything out of this. So I have to, you know, at least try to offer some, some new knowledge here. But you have to figure out what service am I going to render? Now, the fourth step is you have, to fit, you have to build a practical skill. You have to gain a practical skill. And this is the issue that I have with college. It's very possible to go to college. My brother uh, just got married to a girl. She's 23. She has like a double master's or something. She knows about uh, – she's a computer engineer. Well, she has people all over the world lining up to pay her to code and to do the, you know, to do the computer engineering. He is studying like philosophy and history, and no one even knows what he's talking about. You know, he's a good guy. I love him, but no one knows what he's talking about. No one has any idea. So he's trying to figure out now how am I going to solve a problem for the world? You know, what service am I going to value with my vast knowledge of theology and history and that kind of thing? So. Figure out what's the practical skill that you're going to gain. And the final one, the final one is you have this thing called the proximity or you call it your network is your net worth. Other people call it your mastermind. So I'm just going to call it your mastermind and your network. So what you do is after you go through and you define your why and you figure out how much it costs, step two, and you figure out what service or product you're going to render, three, and now you've developed that skill, now you got to build a network. And the reality is, because I'm doing this podcast with you right now, 
I am not engaged in sanctimonious marital sex right now. I'm not. I'm doing something else, right? Because I'm with you. I can't be doing both at the same time because that's weird. Even talking about it's weird. But I bring that up as an example because so many people are like, what I want to do is I want to hang out with all my friends I've always had, and I want to do I want to be around the exact same people, but I want big connections. Well, if you can clone yourself, maybe that's possible. But if you're going to change your net worth, you have to focus on changing your network. So you got to surround yourself with people who have the skills and abilities to get you there. So that's that's kind of the big five step process. Boom. Boom. That's good, man. So you know one que- you know, one question I've got is it seems like um. It seems simple. Simple. Almost too, almost too simple. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, uh, William Shakespeare, but to simplify it, we'll call him Bill S. Okay. So what did Bill he say? He says that brevity is the soul of wit. You know? And then, like, Steve Jobs says that, sim- yeah, Bill S. And then Steve Jobs, we'll just call him SJ for simplicity. He says that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Or if we want to quote Steve Jobs off the record, allegedly SJ. he said... He said, yeah, SJ. He allegedly told the developers of the uh, iPhone, he's like, if it needs an F in manual, it's too complicated. You know? So the point is, we have to simplify. And the world wants to make it esoteric and endlessly complicated so that they can convince you to go to college for eight years and pay them, right? I mean, if I make this system complicated, can I keep charging you for the solution? I mean, so I'm just saying, I've been doing consulting for a decade with clients. And what it comes down to is, once you know these five, you do have to get some education. You have to get your PhD, aka pig-headed discipline. <laughs> okay, how do you get that? I'm very curious. Where does that come from for you? Pig-headed discipline. Yeah. Um, poverty, um, insecurity, um, knowing that my dad, like it, right now, you know, my dad has uh, stage four cancer. He's been battling. Uh, he just had a stroke recently. Um, guess who's taking care of him? You know, so I'm motivated. Um, I have five kids, so who's taking care of them? Guess who's motivated? Um, my brother-in-law was going through a patch in his life, didn't know what he wanted to do with himself. Well, guess who was kind of like the father figure? Uh, growing up, when you're 12 years old and you realize that every other kid gets to play traveling sports or competitive sports or you know some sort of sporting league, I'm sure in Australia you guys are playing soccer or you're doing rugby or whatever the sport is. Maybe, around the track. Yeah, you're chasing kangaroos, whatever the stereotype is. In America, it's a bunch of cowboys playing football. You know, but the thing is, is I realized I couldn't, I couldn't afford. My, my parents could not afford to pay the fee. You know, th- so I was going to be on the sidelines, not being able to play unless I found a way. So I started a paper route. Mm. You know, and I realized I wanted school clothes because kids make fun of kids that don't have the newest clothes or didn't have the clothes. So I started a T-shirt making business, and because I realized I didn't have a T-shirt press and I didn't have the ability to make T-shirts, I needed to find a guy. And because I realized the ca- the cavalry wasn't coming, I should probably find the guy myself. And then I wanted to start a DJ company, but I didn't know how to DJ, and I didn't have any equipment, so I had to figure out how to pay a guy to teach me to DJ, and then how to borrow equipment from some uh, guy who smoked a lot of marijuana. I'm sure for medical purposes only, named Oswald. You know, these are just things you have to do. You know, and so, or you can fit your life dreams into a small box called a job, just over broke, and you can basically decide that you're going to have a trade-off and go. You know what? Uh, I don't want pig-headed discipline. I just want to have, you know, I, I'm okay with mediocrity. And you just settle for that, you know, and you start to make small dreams and you start to small goals and then you, you talk to your buddies and they, you know, they say, how was your week? And you go, oh, it's okay. And they say, how was work? And you're like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, but you, you just kind of, I mean, if you're, you're going to be working, right, the majority of our, of our, of our living hours, the, the hours we're alive, well, why don't we do something we love? 
Or if your goal is to work as few hours as possible. I literally have one client I've worked with whose entire goal, she just wants to work five hours a week, and she's literally built a system where that's all she does. So, I mean, if that's your goal, too, you can downsize your lifestyle and do what she did. You know? yeah, one thing I've learned over the last few years about, about some of this stuff is that, that yeah, there are people out there, for example, who, who love their jobs. And there are people out there who, like, their job is their passion. And yeah. it's interesting how, like, you know, I've noticed that for me, you know, I went through a stage of, you know, we tend to kind of hate on people who have jobs. But it's interesting oh, when you start yeah. meeting some of these people. Some people love their jobs. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, I don't want to put my goals on anybody, right? Because that's what I was, for, to start off at the very beginning, right? Right. Why? So I'll tell you this. Like, I know a very good friend of mine who goes, I don't want to do payroll. I don't want to think about how to make a profit. I like to do triathlons. I like to work out all the time. And I like to be able to take my vacation when I want. And I want to know that, like, at the end of the day, the buck does not stop with me. I want to peace out when I need to peace out. And so he's found himself a very secure job, and he does a great job when he's there. He just doesn't want to be in charge. Yeah. And I get that. But I'm saying in exchange for that, though, he can't expect to be paid at a CEO level. You know what I mean? Now, if he ever changes his mindset, I know his boss right now wants him to get promoted because he's very good at his job. But he's just like, you know what? I don't want, I don't want to get the call on the weekend. I don't want to get the call. I don't want to you – know, I, I, I want someone else to be in charge. Hmm, okay. That's fair. And so you can down. What, so you mentioned sort of what motivates you, but where is this? You're very energetic. You're very, uh, very like, yeah. passionate about this. And obviously some of this comes from you know, that why, but it also seems uh, part of your personality. What do you think? Yeah, well, the, the passion is when you know that you're doing like, – this is where passion comes from. Right now, I know – I don't want to get too spiritual because there's going to be one guy listening who's like, man, you're a little bit crazy, man. Like, but here's the deal. crazy as you want. Fine, let's do it. I believe that God has called me to be on this Skype call with you at this appointed time because somebody is listening to this right now who needs to hear something that either you're going to say or I'm going to say, and therefore I am 100% invested in being here. So I am passionate about this. I want to be here, so I'm, I'm totally here. I want to be here. I'm not somewhere else. I'm not texting. I'm not thinking about something else. Now, I don't like going to my kids' sporting events. I hate it. I don't care about kids' sports. I don't care about my kids' sports. I care about my kids. So there's nobody more disinterested than a kid's sport, sporting event than me. So I had to go to hockey games last year, and I literally had no energy, no passion. You probably thought I got hit by a bus, but because all the parents complained about the refs, and they complained about why their kid's not playing, right? So I would sit by myself with my hoodie sweatshirt on, like I'm in a gang or I'm like a Tom Brady you know, impersonator. I've got my hood on. I'm not kidding. I'd sit away, away from everyone. I'd cheer for my son like you wouldn't believe. And he knew I cared, and I would cheer for him. But I would not engage with the other parents because I just didn't give a crap about why their kid wasn't playing or why the ref wasn't giving us the calls. And so I had no energy there. You know what I mean? So people would see me there if they'd never, if they'd never seen this right now or saw me at a speaking event or saw me in my office, in my element, they would go, What's wrong with you? This guy, he's like antisocial, doesn't talk to people. That's how I am if you take me golfing, too. If you take me golfing, if you want to see a guy who's not happy to be somewhere, it's me golfing. I can't stand golfing. I don't understand why people would golf. I don't want to run around chasing the white ball. I don't want to chase around the girl with the, with, with the drink cart. I don't care about your score. If you're cheating, that's fine. I don't care. I just don't care. I'd probably use one club the whole time just to make it faster. And I'd sprint after the ball. 
You know what I'm saying? So I just have to, you have to find an area of passion. And I'm saying somebody listening right now might go, man, this guy's passionate about business. Yeah. Cause I know I'm, I know that I'm supposed to do this right now. It's where I'm, it's, it's, where does that I, I'm totally locked from? in. How do you know that? Where, where does knowledge? that come from? Well, where does, I yeah, spend, where does that come uh, three, you feel that, but it's sort of I like, spend, where does I spend, that come? I spend three hours every day doing meta time. Doing what? Meta time. Yeah. Uh, meta from the Greek word meaning, um, above or beyond. Uh, you call it meditation time. I don't because I'm not like, uh, gonna do the downward. And the vinyasa, and the you know I'm not going to be the wearing yoga pants. Well, I'd probably go to jail if I wore yoga pants. But I, I don't do that whole deal. But what I do is I wake up. I literally, I'm not even kidding. This is what I did today. I pull up YouTube every morning about three or four in the morning, and I Google John Legend live from the United Center, and I hit play. And then I think about my life right now, where I am versus where I want to be, and I go through my to do list, and I think about okay. I need to do this to get here. I need to do this to get here. I need to do this. And I begin and I just begin making my daily to-do list, and then I begin to prioritize, okay, this needs to happen. So right now, today, is a very specific example. I have to call a guy by the name of Danny Dunright to get my freaking permit so I can build on my addition to my house so I can make a place for my dad and my mom to be. So that's like on my list, you know. And then I got to call a guy named Easy e about making call for the company uh, the, the it's a minor league hockey team I you work with the Oilers. He sounds like a rat. Yeah, yeah. I, I give everyone my office nicknames. Um, they they tell me what their name is, so and I just kind of give them. The their own. From... His Eric. We have too many Erics, so there's Easy E, and then we have uh, uh you know, we had the App Man, but he didn't work out, you know. And then we've got uh, uh, Herman, you know, Big Herms. I just make up nicknames, you know. They're probably all gangster rap references because I listened to too much of that as a kid. But you know, but I I, I focus every morning. I, I contrast where I am versus where I want to be. So I know right now that I'm supposed to be here with you. But I literally spend most of my day saying no. I probably say no to 95 things for every five I say yes to. Okay. So how how long does this last? Because I'm very curious about this morning routine. So you wake up at what 3 a.m. 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I mean, today I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate. I want to give you specific uh, things because your your listeners deserve more. You don't have an, you don't have idiots listening to your program. You have the geniuses. Um, this morning uh, it was at. Uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah. This, so this morning I woke up here at two fifteen a.m. Two fifteen a.m. What time did you go to bed? I went to bed at like eight thirty, and I only had to do it because I got back from Orlando, and I hate traveling. It freaks me out, and I got back, and I had to get all everything. I had to get discombobulated. You know, people give you a card like, hey. You should call me sometime. We should network. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should. But I'm not going to unless I write it down and put it in my schedule, you know. And I've got text messages from all the people from the event who are like, you were so good. It was great. One guy is, you're the worst speaker in the world. You hate people, whatever. And I've got to respond to that, and I've got to make sure that I don't get overcharged for my freaking hotel, which I did, and, you know, just that kind of crap. And so, But I have a meta every day I do it. And by the time my day starts, I'm just sprinting because I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing. Every single day. Interesting. How long does this matter go for? And what happens exactly? Uh, is you sit well, there and you one, breathe or you listen to this song by John Legend? Or how's it work? Yeah, I listen to John Legend and then I pull up. I have three monitors. I, I, I recommend two though because uh, uh, the, the good friends at Carnegie Mellon did a study on this. And you go, you're twice as productive with two monitors. Just, just throwing that out there, Carnegie Mellon. You can research here on, your, on, on here. But two monitors. So what you do is you, on one monitor, it's all my to-do list items. That I'm supposed to get done, and I look at them, and I'm going. So, just as an example, I look through, and it's like, call Deidre about Fox 23 feature with Dan. And I look at it, and I'm going, do I need to do that? Someone told me I need to. Do I even need to do that? Yes or no? And then where does that fit into my priority? And then I'm thinking about all my spiritual goals, and I'm like, 
you know, should I take my kids to church or should I, you know, just, just eat pretzels, you know, or, okay. And then, you know, uh, mine, my skills, should I read the new Google update book that I have or should I just, you know, and I start thinking about my skills. So I go through methodically those five areas, spirit, you know, mind. So spirit one, two, mind, like skills. Three is uh, body, you know, and then like physical fitness. And then three is relationships. You know, like who do I need to talk to today? that I need to be a friend to. You know you know how like a lot of times as friends, uh, we only tell people what they want to hear and then they tell us what they want to hear and then the moment that one of us disagrees, we're not really friends anymore because we're really just acquaintances. I like to be a friend, you know, to people. So if I'm a friend, I want to be your friend. Sirs, so I wrote down on my list today, I need to call a guy and I called him today on the way to work and had a really neat connection. I was like, hey buddy, I realize you're going through the divorce. Uh, how you doing? And he's like, "Are you freaking serious?" Because he, I mean, people like don't like, they don't understand why someone would call them without wanting anything, right? But it's a relationship. You sow seeds into that, you know. Relationships. You schedule time for that, and then finances. You know, I got to look at like there's a couple big web deals. Clients are paying me to do re- redo their brand and fix their websites and do search engine, and I got to you know that kind of thing. So I just spirit, mind, body, relationships, finances, and I go through that to have everything on my list that I need to do as it relates to those. Blah. And then after it's on my list, I prioritize it and I sort it based on what needs to get done. Very cool. How long does this take? Four hours. Four hours? Yeah, I mean, but it's like a Monday. So, you know, most days probably two or three. But I, I, I have a weird world, man, because I own multiple companies. Yeah. So somebody who's in Australia, they're like, he's trying to sell us. He's trying to upsell us. Here it goes. No. But if you go to EITRLounge.com, that's one of the companies I'm involved in. Elephant in the room. EITRLounge.com. Or if you go to OxyFresh.com. O-X-I-F or you go to Thrive15.com. Those are all three things I'm involved in. So for the haircut business, I'm trying to focus on how do I offer more value to the guys who come there? How do we cut more mops? How do we cut more wigs? How do we cut more lettuce? How do we make more cheddar by making their lettuce better? How do we cut more hair? How do we do it? How do we cut more hair? How do we make more profit? And then I shift to OxyFresh. I'm not an equity partner, but I help them on some marketing from time to time. OxyFresh is O-X-Y. O-X-Y-O-X-I. Because I spoke to Oxy yeah. Fresh OXY a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, OXI, OXI. And then, so, and then I have to figure out, well, how are we going to help John sell more franchises? He's a partner of mine, so how do I help him sell more franchises? And then Thrive, you know, how do we offer more value? We're, these people are paying $19 a month. How do we make it better? How do we get better? Better, better, better. And what's cool is you, usually your customers submit those ideas. If you, if you do it right, you, you create a forum where your customers can submit ideas, and then you want to take their ideas and you know, implement the ones that aren't crazy. This is intense, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's a little weird. I, I I feel like you need to come to Tulsa. I know this. I know you probably already booked a trip for your vacation. I know a lot of people come to Tulsa for trips. A lot of a lot of. I mean, like two people a year come to Tulsa for vacation. Like two a year. You could be the third, but you should come here and you could observe this because I promise it's like a. We have a lot of people that that pay pay for this, and that's why we built Thrive, so people don't have to pay for it anymore. But you can come and kind of see it. And I I've learned these systems from like the the guy who used to run Disney World. I mean, Lee Cockrell is one of our trainers on our site, and he uh, used to manage forty thousand people. I mean, how do you do that while staying married and managing relationships and finances and fitness? I mean, they all have a process, and the process is this meta time. Plan out your day. Think about your day. Prioritize your day. Then go do it. Hard charging. Well, I've done that before. You know, the whole idea of sitting down, plan out the day, but I'll do it for twenty minutes. So the idea of doing it for four hours. Yeah, that's seems... weird, dude. That's why I'm saying that. No, that's not. Wait, that's this is not good. good. No, I think it is well, good because it's good know, seeing the you know, differences. Yeah, it's because I own so many different things. If I wasn't involved in so many things, you know, and simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, right? So at a certain point, I mean, if I could 
sell all the businesses and focus on one, it would be Thrive 15. But Thrive 15 is like this passion project that it's like millions of dollars to build it. And it's infinitely like there's so much to be done on it. So my other businesses, you know, kind of supported the funding of that and the founding of it and all that. And now uh, I had to make those other businesses stronger to fund it more. And now those other businesses are rocking. And now I'm like, frick, they're too big. We need to scale back. You know, so I've got to find other people to kind of take leadership roles in those other businesses. Okay. What else? Is there any other sort of strange things that you do that you think that other people probably don't do that would help them if they did? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, another thing is you want to pray. Whatever needs to happen, whatever's the most important thing in your life, you need to schedule it first. So, you know, I have five kids, and I'll tell you um, physically um, how you have kids is you need to have uh, consistent marital sex. That's the key, right? That's how you have a lot of kids, you know? So you got to schedule time. Just being real. Really? You got to schedule time. Schedule I'm time not. Have I'm, sex. Yeah, you block it off. You got to schedule time. And you got, you know what? So you got to do that. And you got to schedule time for fitness, you know, or you got to schedule time for talking with your mom and your dad. Anything you want to get done, you got to schedule. If, you know, but a lot of people, what they do is they put their life second, third, fourth, fifth. They let people tell them what to do, right? Mm. And then after, every, after they've done what everyone else wants them to do, now they're like, oh, I don't have time to call my wife or time to watch my favorite movie or time to work out or whatever. But if you put it first, then you always have time. And what's great is that everybody will you everyone will definitely not be happy with you if you schedule your own priorities first, right? So like most people are like, what a jerk. He puts his own priorities first. But if you try to please everybody, they won't be happy either. But at least this way you'll be happy. Mm, okay. That's yep. true. That's true. What about this? Here's a question. What, what? What? Is there anything that you'd believe or that you do that other people would would totally disagree with and think is stupid? Yeah, um, I do believe in the uh, overflowing cup uh, 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 mindset. Where if I have a cup and that cup uh, is overflowing, I'd be happy to share water with you. Now I'm pragmatic, so I say the things that people think, but they don't say. Now if I don't have any water left. It's kind of a hard to share with you because I don't have any myself, and I'm also, you know, um, struggling for, for water. I'm struggling to survive. But if I have enough water for, um, you know, you and for me, then it's, it's easy to share if I have an abundance. So I always teach entrepreneurs: quit trying to save the world and the rainforests and like kids in Africa and drilling wells, and first focus on having your own prosperity. So you you want to you want to be fruitful, and then you want to multiply. But I see these entrepreneurs out there trying to save the world while living with their mothers and being quasi-homeless. And that's not really the move. You don't want to be quasi-homeless. Now, does that make sense? Like you see so many people who are like really struggling financially, but yet they're spending all their time helping everybody else. But if you can help yourself first, now you can give back. Does that make sense? Like I couldn't help my dad right now if I was in the toilet. It's very true. It's very true. I think a lot of people do this is they get caught up with this. Oh, we're going to build a charity. We're going to give all this money. We'll go volunteer. Or, oh, uh, gosh. You know. I remember speaking to a girl and she went to uh, Africa and uh, obviously helping some kids over in Africa doing some volunteering. And she comes back. She goes, oh, all I need is about $2,000 a month and I can go back there and live there and just help them forever. And then she goes, she comes back and gets into real estate, does a little bit of it. And she goes, oh, wow. Instead of having one house and making two grand a month and then going back to Africa, I could have a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand or a hundred thousand houses. And then I could yeah. build entire cities in Africa. Exactly. And that's, and that's where I screwed up in my career early on because I volunteered at a program called Junior Achievement. It helps uh, kids in schools 
who are learn business and that kind of thing. And I was asked to volunteer after I received the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. So I'm out there volunteering. We didn't have Thrive15.com at the time. It was just, there was no technology, you know. So I'm going to the schools, volunteering, volunteering, helping kids. Kids are writing me thank you notes. Kids are, one girl went to the Sony Film School. Like she said that we encouraged her to do it. So she took the risk. She went, she won this thing. She started her business. I mean, it's just all these great stories. One guy started his own window cleaning company. I mean, I go on and on the stories of the high school kids who implemented what they learned, and it was awesome. Then my wife's like, hey, 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 do you think you could volunteer maybe spend a couple hours a week with our own kids? And that, like, hurts, you know what I mean, as a dad, because you're like, frick, I'm trying to save the world. I'm screwing up my own family. I'm an idiot. Ah. So all I'm saying is make sure that you think about your own spirit, mind, body, relationships, and financial goals, and don't start volunteering, donating, joining all these endless clubs. Because people ask, well, this guy this guy today. This is a guy today. This is a guy today. He is so pissed right now, but I feel so good. Like, I feel good. He calls me and he says, hey, can we network? I'd like to get together and network. I hear you're really well connected. I'd like to network. I Very nicely on the phone, I said, hey, um, I don't ever leave my office, and I don't network. Um, but if there's a benefit for me and you, like a win-win, if I could help you, you help me. Tell me, I'd love to help you. If not, I just, I'm not your guy. And he's like, well, but I don't understand. I want to network. And I'm like, if I'm networking with you, I literally said this example. I said, I'm not having sex with my wife. I'm not hanging out with my kids and I'm not doing stuff I love. So no, you know, and I feel good about it because I'm now I'm here with you. Otherwise I'd be stuck in a networking meeting talking about some pure, pure dribble. <laughs> That's good. That's good. What? All right, well, we're getting to, uh, we can wrap it up soon. I got one last thing I'd like to ask. Is, okay. What is it? I'm trying that, to say the word sex six times during this during this training. I, th- I think or during this great. podcast. I, I think, think I've only done it four times, so I'm sorry, but sex, sex, sex. Now I'm done. That's seven now. I mean, we're getting seven. This is getting That's racy, it. right? It's probably going to happen again, too. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just, it's a personal goal I've had. I've never done it on a podcast before. I just wanted to do it. And that way I can say I've done it. Uh, well, it's done, done. Anyway, what's, uh, what's something that you've done a lot of these podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's something that you wish people asked you, but they never do? I wish people would ask, what specifically do I need to do if I want to achieve the same level of success that you have? You know, what is it that you do that if I followed that path would guarantee that I would have success? I wish people would, you know, but usually they're like, oh, I'm looking for the unicorn and the magic secret sauce, and I want to, I want to find a system where it's like some sort of essential oils that allow me to have success quickly, freely, easily. Ah, you know, they're just, that's what you want. You want the microwave thing. You know, I'm not sure how big the microwave is in Australia, but in America, people are like, boom. Oh, look, it's, it's a microwave. Boom, boom. Look at that. Okay, just boom. And then we go, I can't believe it's not healthy. Well, how is it? How are you going to heat up? How are you going to make food in 90, se- not 90 seconds and have it be healthy? Come on. I mean, it's like, whatever. I mean, just let's not even get into that. But the point is, if you need something healthy, it takes some time. So if you're going to build a successful business, then you need to look at how successful people do it and begin to do what they do. That's the whole deal, man. You just if if you're if you're going saying if you if if you're wanting to climb to the top of the mountain and you find the guy, he's grizzly, he's got the big old beard, he's got the cane, you know, and you're like, hey, how do you get to the top of the mountain? And he's like, well, I was just there, you know, I've been up there twenty times, and he looks kind of grizzly and gross, but he's been there. It's probably better to follow him than somebody who's never been there before. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's important that you think about how are successful people doing it and reverse engineer it and think about how you can apply it to your own life and business. 
So what's your answer to that question then? That like in the way I know you've shared a bunch of stuff already, but I mean the yeah. stuff that you that you know maybe it's stuff that you don't usually get to share or stuff that most people aren't doing that you wish they did. Mm. What are they missing based on your experience okay. of getting to the top? Well, of that one game? is quit trying to sell people crap they don't want. You know, like quit trying to solve problems the world doesn't want to solve. You know, so. Make a product or a service that actually solves a problem. If people have a problem and they're willing to pay to solve it, that's a great thing. But if you have like a, a problem you're solving that no one wants, then stop that. It's, don't die on that hill. Second is figure out, I mean, figure out, sit down today before the end of the day. I don't, I'm not sure what time it is in Australia, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you, know, you guys are still have time to ride, ride around on some kangaroos and fire up some shrimp on the barbie and that kind of thing. But before the day is do, done, figure out your why, figure out how much it costs. Figure out the service you're going to render. I dare you to do it. What service or product am I going to render? Figure out the practical skills you need. I remember sitting down going, holy crap, people are using the internet, and I have no concept of how to use it to market. I should probably become an expert on it. And I am not exaggerating. As God is my witness, I have read dozens of books about internet marketing. There's two, though. Get Rich Click by Ostrovsky. Super awesome book. Get Rich Click by, by Ostrovsky. And Search Engine for Dummies by Bruce Clay. Those are two books that are awesome and they're easily accessible, but I had to read those kinds of books to learn a skill, right? I mean, I wanted to be a speaker. People always ask me to speak because I won awards and I would get up there and just screw up. I mean, it was literally like killing audiences. People would pay me to speak because they're like, you're good at business. I bet you'll be a good business speaker. And I would get up there and just screw up. Well, how do you get good at that skill? You got to study people who are good at it and focus and practice and practice, you know, develop that skill. And the final thing is set up that network. Ask yourself right now, who do you need to know that's going to help you get where you want to go? Who are those people? Boom, do it. And then have that PhD, pig-headed discipline. And I dare you to check out thrive15.com because I've said that only as many times. But I've said it less times than I've said the word sex, which would be eight times I've said sex and only five times. Thrive15. Sex, 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 sex. That's right. There you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, marital, marital sex, marital sex. I want to be, make sure we're keeping it biblical here. Okay, okay, cool. Well, uh, mate, thanks for coming on. Before we go, uh, I mean, we've already talked about Thrive 15. I'm sure that's where uh, you're going to tell people to give it. Is that, if people want to learn more about you or become more successful or whatever this is, what should they do? Where should they go? Well, take take the 30-day challenge. Go on to Thrive15.com. It's 19 bucks, I'm sure. And uh, uh, Right now, I think your currency's beating our currency. Is, our currency is not? No, no. We're, I mean, no. This is the Australian currency. Australia currency's terrible story. right now. You're in the toilet right now. Okay. You're in the good. toilet okay. right now. It's good for exports, but uh, you're not too good. Well, go spend $3,000 of Australian money, but log on to <laughs> thrive15.com. Check it out for, for 30 days. Get in there and commit to doing what you're learning and be one of those success stories. I mean, you, we have people all over the planet who are going, I literally have committed just for 30 days to take 15 minutes a day and, and, and go onto your site and learn this stuff, and my life has changed. People who are saying, my sales are up 7% this month just by learning those skills. Salespeople, you know, photographers, uh, plumbers, people going, man, my website is up, you know, on page two now of Google instead of page seven five, you know, just learning that stuff. But commit, take the 30-day challenge, check it out. In worst case scenario, you know, you're out 19 bucks, and, you know, you can call me and complain and get crazy and hostile, and we'll refund you, okay? Just get on there, check it out. How does this 30-day challenge work? Is it just sort of, like, you know, sign up and you choose a bunch of different videos or is there a process well, that you follow? Well, we have a, there's three different paths. One, it's start a business. One is grow a business. And one's advance in your career. So you choose the path that makes sense for you. And you get on there. And uh, there's all sorts of research you can, you can read up on. I don't I hate, hate, hate when people make up statistics. So I'm just going to direct you towards a couple things. But uh, Dr. Carol Dweck at Stanford wrote a book called Growth Mindset. 
Uh, there's another uh, study that Dave Ramsey, he's a financial help guy, um, he studied or he published. But basically, over 80% of successful people, of successful people, meaning that they're living their goals, they're achieving their goals, they take 15 to 30 minutes a day to study success. So you don't be one of those people. Who, only 2% of the general population does this, by the way. So don't be in that 2% category going, I don't know why some people are more successful. Well, 80% of these people are, don't have super skills. They're just studying. So you need to take 15 minutes a day to study success, a.k.a. thrive15.com, and then spend the rest of your day applying. Cool. And where do they do that? What's the uh, address? It's uh, thrive15.com, so thrive15.com. Or if you want to email us, go to info at thrive15.com. And if you want to send me some hate mail, send it to uh, info at thrive15.com. And if you want to email dating tips to one of our fabulous uh, team members, Marshall, you can also email that to info at thrive15.com. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to get inundated with dating tips now. You shouldn't have said that. No, he's got so many dating tips. And the thing about it, he's a, he's a virtuous man. He's highly skilled. He's, he's basically spending most of his time saying no. A lot of eligible women are reaching out, and he's like, no, nah, not, not available. You know, He's networking. He's doing the whole deal. That's good. I mean, it's all about saying no, right? Yeah, he's got I me. Mean, I'm telling you, this guy is – he's uh, – He's uh, probably the, 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 the perfect uh, kangaroo for, the, the, you know, for, for this market. He, just, he can jump around from date to date, and, and he's trying to figure out the right one to put in his papoose. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, well, it's uh, been good to have you on the show, man. I'll have links to these in the show notes at uh, thebigmethod.com. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, you're, you're a beautiful man. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.